Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, fans, this is Red Sox Beat on CNS Radio. And, of course, this episode is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter that promo code Celtics and you get your $50 off. Great purchase. Thanks again, for obviously, again, for Casper for sponsoring the show. Um, wasn't here last week. These two filled in admirably. The whole gang's back together this week. Got a good week of baseball to talk about. Coming up on the final week of the regular season this week before we uh, head into the wonderful world of off-season baseball and playoff baseball um, for people who aren't in Boston. <laughs> um, but first, let's, uh, let's do what we usually do. Let's just hit us up with some reached questions because you got, we asked some good questions this week. We got a lot of split responses, didn't we, Jeff? Yeah, completely split, actually. It's nuts. Um, the first question was, will Xander Bogarts reach 200 hits this season? I asked this on the 21st, so six days ago. Um, so we have a little better of an idea now. I got eight responses, four yes, four no. Um, right now, as of today, he's at 188. He's 12 more with 70 games to go, which is pretty much exactly what he was on pace for before. He needed 22 hits with 12 games left. So it's pretty much exactly the same. It's still still a question mark. I still think he's going to come up short, but it's going to be really close. Yeah, I, I'm ho- I, I, I said yes to that question, and I... I'm firmly sticking by it because I have a huge crush on Xander Bogarts, and like what what Lauren is to Brad Johnson, I am to Xander Bogarts. Like it's just kind of the, how, the way it goes. Lauren, you said you said no as well. Do you think do you think it's going to run out of time in the season? Yeah, I just don't think there's enough time left, and it, it's unfortunate, but he still has a lot to be proud of. He's still he's only 22. He's got <laughs> lots of years ahead of him. Could still win the batting title too. Yeah, he could. It's close, and I'm sure he'll get 200 hits probably like every other year the rest of his career so oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't There's... think we have to worry about it yeah I don't, I don't think so either i think he'll definitely gather up 200 hits maybe next season but he's definitely going to get it at one point get out your uh your uh bogarts is 22 talk now though because he turns 23 on october 1st so <laughs> this is the last show he can say that he's 22 oh next week if we can send a happy birthday to him that's right all and right bet, bets too bets is turning 23 on october 7th so it's gonna be right. It's gonna be right between their birthdays. I love it. Yeah, we'll sing happy birthday to the young. <laughs> so that was the Bogarts question. So great responses on that, everyone. Uh, my other one was <laughs> just because Hanley Ramirez 
was officially <laughs> deemed out for the rest of the year, I asked, do you want Haley Ramirez in Boston next year just to stir up some response? Um, got six responses, three yeses, three noes. Uh, Lauren, you didn't answer it, so you want to break the tie? Um, I don't want him anywhere near Boston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now you got four noes and three yeses. But hey, I want to uh, highlight this. I got a wonderful comment uh, for an answer that I actually didn't put for a question. I didn't put a maybe answer, just a yes and no. And Rich Grove said, I'll read, read his comment here. He said, more of a maybe. When healthy is bad, it's great, and Poppy won't go on at DH forever. Whether he can play first and stay healthy in the meantime, I doubt, but also realize offloading him may prove nigh on impossible without paying most of his contract. If we have to pay most of it, I would rather see if he can be adequate at first as power bats or short in supply. If we can get most of the money off the books, then he can go. I love it. A nice, a nice maybe. Thank you, Rich. Rich, that's the way of being in the middle. That's perfect. That's a, that's a yes and a no in one comment. Now I feel bad for not putting a maybe thing, but hey, that's why we have a comment section. So yeah, exactly. Using it, comment. So those are the questions. What did I, what did I put? I forgot. Uh, you put no. That's what I thought. Okay, good, because I don't want him anywhere near it. And I wasn't sure if I put yes, because sometimes I, some days I find myself thinking, oh, well, maybe, yeah, sure, why not? No, absolutely not. Go away. So you can leave. And actually, as I look further at it, Rich actually said yes in the actual, like, not comment section yep. on the actual thing. So we'll have kind of maybe two yeses, one maybe, and four no's with Lauren now. So with more no's than yeses, but still very close. Yep. So that's that. There are the reach questions. There wasn't a third one, right? No, that was um, it. That was it? Okay, good. Well, there are your reach questions. Um, oh, every week you can get your questions in. Um, don't forget, though, uh, if you want to engage with the favorite sports personalities on CLNS Radio, we have partnered with Reach to develop a brand new way to talk about your favorite sports teams with all of your friends. Just go to reachtap.com backslash CLNS and download the app for iOS or Google Play today and choose your favorite group and invite all of your friends to join you, answer questions, and share across all your social media pages the app is simple and easy to use, and uh, it's a great thing. Just, go, again, go to reachtap.com backslash CLNS, and you can just download our and register to our page and all the other podcast pages we have for CLNS. And then you'll get notifications when Jess, as soon as Jess hits the button to submit a new question, you'll get a notification, and we can you can answer those questions and leave your maybe comments and all that good stuff to Jess. There you go. Um, love love the splitness in that, too, Jess, by the way. Good good. Uh, back and forth there on the reach question. I guess that's when you know they're good questions, when people don't know what, what the right answer is. <laughs> when you can't make up your stupid mind, <laughs> you know that you're, 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 uh, you're asking a good question there, that's for sure. All right, let's move on. Um, let's do some MLB headlines, get you caught up. There's a few here. Uh, first today, which is Sunday, the 27th, Jonathan Papelbon, our good old friend, my old good friend, and Bryce Harper got into a scuffle in national in the National Dugout. Papelbon sets himself to Harper, he came back to the dugout, as he was walking back to the dugout, that is. And then Papelbon went after his throat and pushed him downstairs. They, they yelled at each other. They screamed at each other. Apparently, Harper, after the game, said that he apologized to Papelbon, that is. And apparently, it's all good. I'm intrigued to see where that goes from here. I hope nothing major happens, but I do like the scuffle because Bryce Harper is a pain in the butt. Uh, next, Houston Street, who, of course, is the Angels' closer, getting an MRI for a groin injury. Sosha said it didn't look good but could definitely hurt their pro season chances, of course, because they are just in the thick of things in the wild card race coming into the last week of the year. Uh, Houston Astros beat the Texas Rangers today to get within two and a half games of the division that they already gave up in the first place. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is 15-0 at home. Houston um, still is up on the wild card, though, by half game, so they're praying. At that point, I think they're praying for the wild card at all. Um, we talked about this last week. We weren't really sure. 
confirming it this week, Brad Ausmus will be, in fact, the Tigers' manager next year. Uh, Cardinals, Carlos Martinez is shut down for the rest of the season with a shoulder strain. So, obviously, that's a big put, um, a big injury for them going into the postseason as they had already, of course, clinched a spot. Uh, Mike Trout was the first one to 40 home runs in the season the other day, and he also had a great catch. He, like, basically rock-climbed a wall to catch a home run. It was a phenomenal catch. If you haven't seen it, go Google it. Whatever you have to do to find it, it's a great catch. And uh, finally, the Brewers signed 30-year-old GM David Stearns to be the next general manager of the team. And there you go. Those are your next, those are your MLB headlines brought to you by lynda.com. Of course, you can get your free 10-day trial from us and lynda.com going to www.lynda.com backslash CLNS. And you get free 10-day trial to a service for over 4,500 different courses taught by experts all across the globe on any good old topic you can think of. So go on there, check it out, and get your free 10-day trial today. Again, that is lynda.com. Um... The Papelbon thing, guys, today intrigues me. I love it. I've always loved Papelbon. And today kind of summed up why even more. Because I don't like Bryce Harper. And clearly Bryce Harper said something to Papelbon. And Papelbon said something back to him. And they went at it. And Papelbon didn't back down. He said, I don't care who you are, kid. And he went after him. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see him get completely injured and dismantled. But I think he was good on Papelbon. I think it's, I don't know, it's... Papelbon likes to stir the pot, and actually Bryce Harper likes to stir the pot, too. They're both very similar in that way, so I'm not surprised it happened. It's a bad look to do it right in the clubhouse, but Pat probably just got tired of Harper being a little punk and decided to do something about it. I guess what what I read the reason was was because Papelbon didn't think that Harper ran out of fly ball hard enough, so he got in his face about it. So they don't know if Papelbon will be suspended yet, but so that question lingers, but I guess they did they did resolve it, but it's you never like to see it in the dugout. It's kind of a bad look, but that's the two of them for you. Yeah, it's definitely a bad look, but I I loved it because I don't like Harper, and just like you said, he's a punk, and he just thinks he's this I don't know this big bad guy, and he's this great this great. I mean, he's a great baseball player, yeah, but it's going to his head, and I think hopefully this knocks him down a little bit, and and Pavlovon. It obviously something really got to Papelbon because he went right for Harper's throat. So I guess we'll just see what happens after this. I applaud Papelbon again because, like, again, the iteration of he is a punk, he is a pain in the butt. And Papelbon has that competitive edge he always has. And to see a teammate who is so giftedly, like, talented to not run out of ball like that, Papelbon called him out on it and Harper couldn't take it, so they went back and forth. I'm okay with it. Um, I have a good feeling he probably won't get suspended. I don't think it's coming, but, you know, my gut's been wrong before. Um, but there you go. Um, next, Houston Street. Obviously a big deal for them if if uh, he can't keep pitching. Yeah, actually, Rick, right as we started the show, I got a notification that he is, in fact, out for the rest of the regular season, but could, but could oh. pitch in the postseason if they make it. So he's kind of on the, on the edge right there. Oh, but he's a big push for them to get into the that's, postseason. That's, that's the problem, hurt. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a really tough loss for that team. He's been a great closer all year. He's got good numbers, so that hurts. Tough injury, too. It's not like it's a finger or something. That's a... Ugh. And he's got such a wild delivery. He really pushes hard off the mound, which would probably hurt his groin, so... Which is yeah. probably why he hurt his groin in the first place, so... <laughs> and and we'll talk about this more later when we get to kind of, like, look ahead for the rest of the... For the last week of the season, but the Angels are only half game behind the Astros for that wild card spot, so that could put a damper on them winning these close games in the next week to get into the postseason and then go from there. So we'll have to wait and see. But again, Houston Street being out now, going to Jess for at least the rest of the regular season, could put him out for the rest of the year if they don't make the playoffs, which is which could suck. Um, speaking of the Astros, we talked about him, them uh, beating the Texas Rangers 
again. Do you guys think they're going to catch them? Like, I don't know. They're such a hit-or-miss team, and I feel like they were doing really well, and then all of a sudden they kind of just fell off the face of the earth, and now they're back within it again. I'd love to see them get that wild card, but it's, I don't know, it's tough. I think that in the end they'll probably just miss out in the division and win the wild card. I think they will make the playoffs, but barely. Um, I'll leave my thoughts for that for the next uh, when we get to the playoff later thing later. But I have a different thought than you on some of that stuff. Uh, Brad Osmus, we don't really need to talk about it. We kind of brought it up last week though. But it's going to be the Tigers' manager. What you do, they're probably going to lose again. So whatever. Um, Carlos Martinez though for the for the Cardinals, that's kind of a big deal coming into the playoffs. He's been a great pitcher all year. He's got ton of wins. I can't remember exactly what he has, but it's at least at least like 12 or 13. So that's a huge loss for them. Fortunately for them, they're a great team, but that's definitely going to hurt. Yeah, it's never good when any of your players get shut down for the rest of the season. And I feel like that's been happening a lot lately, but that's a big loss for the Cardinals. Hoping to, uh, to, hoping to see a Cubs-Cardinals divisional round. That's where I'm pulling for, hopefully. So um, I'm in favor of this happening, only because I want the Cubs to do well. But it is tough, and the Cardinals are looking to go and obviously go deep. They always go deep in the playoffs, and they want to sustain that. And their team's deep enough; they'll probably be okay. But you never know. I and mean, Carlos Martinez—that's taking a lot of good depth off the off the uh, rotation for the playoffs. Just confirming my, uh, my uh, what I said here. He's got 14 wins actually this year, even better. So big, big time fall for them. 301 ERA. He's been well. They've had a ton of good pitchers, but he's definitely been one of the best. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, back to the Angels, Mike Trout. Hit his 40th home run of the year the other day. Obviously, with the great catch of the home runs, too. The great catch to rob the home run, too. Um, Mike Trout's been phenomenal this year. And it sucks to see this team do bad because I want him to be the face of, like, a World Series run. Yeah, they're way too average for how good he is. No question about it. I just I can't get over how good he is. And with such a team that he could, be a, he could be on such a better team. And whereas, I mean, his production is obviously respected and noticed out there, but oh, I just think he could do so much better. Do you guys think so that much. he or Donaldson's going to win MVP? Donaldson. Yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to knock him out too. Donaldson by far, because you also, you know, they're going to factor in obviously all the stats and everything, but the fact of what Donaldson has done for this blue Jays team to put them over the top, right. That they're actually good, <laughs> that they're going to win the, probably win this division and are fighting for the best team record in the AL. You got to think they're gonna. Everyone's gonna give it to Donaldson. I would too. Yeah, I think he deserves it this year. Yeah, no doubt. And to think we almost had him in a Boston Red Sox. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. Um, and what do you guys think of uh, David Stearns being hired over there in Milwaukee? That is so young, thirty years old. It's like he's like a little child there running the team. Good for him though. If he the way that he got there that fast, that's impressive to be a GM at thirty years old. He's doing something right, yeah. right? Yeah, Russian. that's. That's really young, and he's younger than Ryan Braun, so it's just kind of funny where it's like, oh, you're older than your boss, even though it's only a year or a year or two or something like that. But good for him for, like Jess said, getting in there so young, and hopefully he can do good things for this for the, for the for the Brewers team. My gut tells me that Ryan Braun probably couldn't run a baseball team, though, so I think he's okay with it. Um, I'm sure they have good faith in this guy. They wouldn't just hire a 30-year-old for the heck of it. You know? Like, I'm sure they have faith in him. They know what he is. He's been in the organization, so... Right, like we I signed think, Theo when he was young because we knew that he could do it, and he did. So exactly, nice. exactly. So it doesn't. I don't think you really need to put any, worry about the age. I think if they know he can do it, let him do it. And if he fails, good, you fire him. Like it's kind of a, it's a win-win for it's a. I guess it's kind of a win-win for them. 
because you really don't have to keep him if you don't want him. So um, I think that's good for good chance for David Stearns to turn around the Milwaukee Brewers, who have just have been bad for so long. Not to be confused with the David Stearns, the what, commissioner. You know, <laughs> who probably would even be worse. Um, is The Milwaukee Brewers haven't had a good year since the CC Sabathia team, right? Nope. Yeah. They definitely haven't. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought. Okay. And CC was there for like two months. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there you go. Those are your MLB headlines to get you caught up what's going on around the league. Um, let's move on now. Good week of baseball that we had this week, ending in a pretty good weekend here against Baltimore. So I'm going to let Jess here uh, get you caught up on what happened. All right. Well, it was a up and down kind of week. Uh, Monday was definitely the most. Well, actually, yeah, I'll just talk about what happened. I was going to say it was the best game of the week, but I'm not sure if I agree with that. It was definitely exciting, though. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez started. He gave up three runs in the top of the first inning, so it looked like oh, a bad start to the series. Um, but the Sox came back slowly. They got one run in the fourth, and then three in the seventh, highlighted by Xander Bogart's RBI double. Travis Shaw sack fly gave him a 4-3 lead. Everything happened late in this game. Tampa Bay got three right back in the top of the eighth. Grady Sizemore, two RBI double, and Logan Forsythe sack fly. So it was 6-4 Tampa Bay. And then the bottom of the eighth inning, the Sox had two outs and nobody on, and they managed to get Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts, and Dustin Pedroia all on base for Xander Bogarts, and he hit a grand slam into the monster seats. So it looked completely hopeless. Nobody on base, and they managed to get all those guys on with two outs and do that. And then they held on with the lead. Uh, Richie Schaefer at home run in the ninth inning, but the Sox won 8-7. to seven. It was an awesome game, a great call by Don Orsillo, and Lauren was there. So how was it? Oh, my God, it was so much fun. Just from the whole David Ortiz pregame ceremony to the Bogarts Grand Slam, like it was just such an exciting game all throughout. And I'm so happy that I chose to go to this game throughout the week. Yeah, you picked a great one with the, the cer- ceremony and then one of the best games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. It was so, so much fun. I'm, there was the energy in the atmosphere that night. I just felt was the best. I mean, I, I've gone to like eight or nine games this season. I just felt that was the best one this season by far. Yeah, that was a fun game. I recapped it, so I watched the entire thing and thoroughly enjoyed every minute. And that's a great example of a game that you, you just can't give up on games because even though it looked bad, you know, two outs down to not many outs left to get, and then somehow that happens and you get a grand slam. It's you never know. That's why you never leave. You can never leave. <laughs> never. <laughs> I hate going to friends who want to leave. I never do. I, I force them to stay. I know. It's like you set your butt in that seat. The final out is made, and then we'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. Well, buy yourself a hot dog. Come back and sit your butt in the seat, and we're not leaving until the end of the game. It's like you can go out. You can sit in the concourse. I'm staying here. <laughs> yep. That's it. Glad we're all in agreement on that. Uh, unfortunately, that was the best game in the series as they lost the next three. Uh, Tuesday was a 5-2 to two Tampa Bay win. Uh, the complete opposite of Monday's game, the Sox got out to a 2-0 lead, and the Travis Shaw, 2-RBI single in the first, just like the Rays got out to a 3-0 lead on Monday. But the Rays scored the next five over the next seven innings off Henry Owens, and the Sox could not get anything going in the run department after the Shaw RBIs. They had eight hits, but that was it. Uh, Shaw was 3-for-3. Three three. Bogarts and Betts had two hits each, but not enough support for Owens. Uh, he went deep into the game, seven and third innings, but Matt Moore outpitched him. So that was a loss, and that brought us into Wednesday, which I was at. And that was a good game for a while. It was scoreless through six innings. Rick Porcello and Drew Smiley were both dealing. Great pitching from both of them. They just weren't letting in. Smiley was letting up basically nothing, and Porcello a couple hits here and there, but no runs for the first six 
Uh, Daniel Nava got the first run in the seventh on an RBI single. It was an unfortunate hit because the ball hit the dirt right in front of the plate and bounced up really high. So Pedroia couldn't get to it. If it was any routine ground ball that was hit anywhere besides on the dirt there, it would have been it would have been an out, unfortunately. So that got Tampa Bay the first run. Then they got three in the eighth inning, unfortunately, off of uh, multiple pitchers. Porcello let the runners on. Then Tommy Lane and Noe Ramirez let them in for Porcello, unfortunately. Um, and then in the ninth inning, Gene Machi gave up a home run to Drupal Cabrera to make it 5 nothing. And then he threw the next ball, a 82-mile-per-hour slider over Steven Souza Jr.'s head, and he was immediately ejected from the game by Bill Welke. And I thought it was the stupidest call in the world. Found out later that apparently Welke had to do that because it's an MLB rule that if you throw over the guy's head, you have no choice or you're going to get reprimanded for it, which is very strange to me. I don't know what you guys think. I actually, I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Sean McAdam came out with an article that said that he actually had to or he... Or you would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> How weird is that? That is really weird. Um, I, I didn't know that. You kind of just told you. I learned something new today. I had no clue. But it's very terrible weird. rule. I think. I yeah, that, that should be addressed. That should be addressed. Lauren, do you think it's a stupid rule? Yeah. When you you text me about it, you're like, "This is unbelievable." Like, I think you sent me the article, and I was like, "That's yeah. the thing I've ever read." Yeah. Makes no sense. Like, really, really protecting the player. Like, okay, throw it over his head and see ya. So, Machi couldn't believe it, Lavella couldn't believe it, and found out later that it was right, which is We dumb, couldn't but... believe it, so... <laughs> I'm sitting there in the seat, I'm like, what is going on? I was like, how, how did he get thrown out for that? He didn't even hit him, he threw it over his head, so... Ugh, I don't know. Regardless, uh, Rome Mendez, who was making his Sox debut, came in next, and immediately gave a home run to Souza in that same at-bat, so good good welcome for him. Uh, I went to the bottom of the ninth, and the Sox tried to make a run, they got... Guys on base, Betts hit an RBI single, and then um, actually Jackie Bradley got to third on it and then scored on Kevin Kiermeyer's terrible throw to the plate. Uh, and then Xander Bogarts drove in Betts. And then Ortiz had two guys on. He blasted all the way right in front of the wall in the monster and left, and they caught it. Unfortunately, if it was off the wall, it probably would have been two more runs in a 6-4 game. It was a fun It was fun to be at because, you know, last game going through the year and almost almost making a fun comeback. So got it gave me a little excitement, which was fun. So, But Tampa Bay won a 6-2, took the first two out of three, brought us into Thursday, where David Ortiz hit his 502nd home run in the first inning to make it 2-0 Sox. But that's all they scored. The Rays got three in the sixth. Evan Longoria had a home run. And then in the seventh, Kevin Kiermaier had a home run. All off Wade Miley. He pitched fantastic before that, but wheels fell off in the sixth and seventh, and the race took three out of four. Jared, you were at that game. Yeah, I will say that Wade Miley did look really good until that one inning. Um, it was nice timing, too, because I got there just in time. I walked in with the friend I was with, and me and her sat down, and all of a sudden it was next couple pitches, and then all of a sudden Ortiz hit a home run, and I was like, oh, it's a good start. Okay, maybe they'll score some more runs. Of course, they only scored two runs in the first inning, and that was it. But hey, I don't. Miley had a decent game despite the loss. Um, his stuff looked good for those first few innings. Yeah, it's too bad he fell apart because he, he did pitch well for quite a while. Yep. But that was that. So we all went to games in the Tampa Bay series. Lauren was a lucky winner. Me and Jared, not so much. But <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Pick so. the, we picked the wrong yeah. one. What can you do? Not playing the lottery tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fortunately, Brought us into the weekend series, which was a whole heck of a lot better than losing three out of four. Um, we'll start with Friday, which was the most exciting game of the series, in my opinion. I missed it, unfortunately, but 
boy, did I catch myself up quickly on it and actually heard the end of it on the radio, which was awesome. We'll go back to the beginning. Um, the Sox got out to a lead in the third inning. Bogarts hit an RBI double and then got out to a 2 nothing lead in the fifth. Then in the sixth, really awesome play. Uh, Pedroia was on second. Bogarts was at first. And David Ortiz hit a double to right field that landed just in front of the right fielder, Dariel Alvarez. And Pedroia thought he was going to catch it. Bogarts didn't think he was going to catch it. So they almost ended up in the same place as second. Pedroia was hopping back to the bag. Bogarts went to the bag. And then they both gunned it right as the ball dropped. And Bogarts is slightly faster than Pedroia. So they ended up being at the plate at almost the exact same time. And they both slid in. Pedroia head first. Bogarts feet first. And Empire called them both safe. And Poppy loved it a second. He was clapping and smiling for him. That was an awesome play. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was so fun. That was so much fun to watch. And I saw this. Um, the, they made a vine of it. And it said, Bogarts looks like he's chasing Pedroia for his lunch money. And it was just like, <laughs> it was like six times, which is that in my head. I was like, that's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's a great. That vine is amazing. Yeah, that was a great play. Don's like, and they're off to the races. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Don. Quick and athletic, um, Bogarts is too. He's just, a, just so quick, and he he was he wanted to go home, so he was going. He went home. He read it great, and he just he just went for it. So he had no intention of stopping when Butterfield put his hands up, like none. He's like, I'm, he's like, nah, screw he's like, I'm you. Five I'm going feet home. I'm not stopping, dude. <laughs> you can you can just yeah. stand there and wave your hands, but. Pedroia's going to be safe. I'm going to be safe. So it's happening. And it was a big play. It put the Sox up 4 nothing, Double the score, which was great. Uh, Brock Holt drove in Ortiz right afterwards to make it 5 nothing. Uh, Sox got two more runs in the eighth. But this game was all about Rich Hill, who pitched a two-hit, 10-strikeout shutout with one walk. He's now 2-0 and with a 117 ERA in his three starts. And he got the shutout because Mookie Betts made... The catch of the year in right field. Holy crap, was it amazing? Uh, there was two outs, guy in first. Chris Davis blasted the ball to right, really high. Betts went back all the way to the wall, got to the wall, jumped, caught the ball, fell over the wall halfway, had the ball on the other side of the wall, kept his right hand on the wall, spun back around, threw his glove up to show the umpire that he caught it, and the Red Sox won. Unbelievable catch. It was so it- awesome. It scared the crap out of me because it's exactly where he <laughs> fell on the yep. wall. Like, and when he got that concussion, it was end of July. Um, it was at the game. It freaked me out because that was the thing that they retired Pedro's number. And um, that play was exactly what happened. Only this time he actually caught himself. And I was afraid that he was going to fall over the wall again. It looked like he was. But the last second he's like, oh, I'm going to grab the wall. I, heck of a play. Um, this is what you have to look forward to in the in your outfield next season, guys. It, it's going to be fun to watch for an entire season. And that's the great thing about Betts is that he's not afraid to do something similar like that and make an adjustment and do it differently. Yeah, he's not going to stop himself and go, oh, I got a concussion last time. I probably shouldn't go for this ball. He's going to go, no, I'll do it. Just not fall over and die next time. And that just shows what kind of player he is. He's I, That was so much fun to watch. And I really love Don Rosello's call on it, too. I'm going to miss him <laughs> calling plays like that. And you know what's funny about mm-hmm. that? I heard it on the radio and then ended up watching them both later uh, online. And there was a video of Don's call and Joe's call. And they said the exact same thing. No it's incredible. Way. Yeah. Did they really? One word different. Don said, did he, get, did he get it? He did. And Joe said, did he catch it? He did. <laughs> exact same thing. It's unreal. That's awesome. It's so funny. Okay. And they were both, both the way they said he did, they were both so excited. He did. 
they were so pumped. Oh, it was great. I highly recommend checking it out. I'll send it to you guys. It was it's it's fantastic. I just can't believe of all the things they both could have said, they said the exact same thing. Remarkable. That was great. I was I I'm so excited. That play was just so exciting. Like it was a very exciting week of just fun plays and offense, defense, everything. And Joe said, "Can you believe it?" That's how you know it's good. Of course he did. <laughs> Can you Can believe, you believe it? it? So yeah, I'll shoot that to you guys. But oh, and another another note from that game: uh, David Ortiz hit three doubles in that game and passed Wade Boggs on the all-time double list. So awesome. Good stuff. So yeah. So that was just an awesome game overall. So take your pick. I don't know if it was a more exciting game, that or the Xander Bogarts Grand Slam. They're both fantastic. So. Well, I give I give credit to the Xander Bogarts Grand Slam. That was phenomenal. Yeah. It was great. Were, to that was nuts. And uh, you know, you guys know me and Xander Bogart, so I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm going to give him a tie because I think they were both incredible. The fact that Betts' catch preserved the shutout and how well Rich Hill's pitched all together was just awesome. But we'll get to that more. We'll talk about Hill some more. Um, finished this week. Uh, Saturday was a bullpen game. Craig Breslow started and maybe should become a starter because he pitched four shutout innings and it was really good. So that was great to see. Um, they had seven pitchers uh, p- pitching this game. And they all shut out the DOs. The Sox won eight to nothing. They got six of those runs in the seventh and the eighth innings. And it was a nice solid game. So the first two games of the series outscoring the Orioles fifteen to nothing, which brought us into Sunday, which was today, if you're listening to the show on Sunday. And Henry Owens pitched and he was dominant. Seven and two thirds innings, three hits, no runs. Blake Swihart at a home run. That was one of the two runs. And the Red Sox shut the Orioles out in the series. They um, we'll get to the series more as a whole later on in the show, but the Sox outscored them 17 to nothing. So apparently all they need to do against the Orioles is pitch lefty pitchers because Rich Hill's a lefty, Craig Breslow's a lefty, Henry Owens a lefty. Completely shut them all out. Rich Hill, I'm telling you, man. His story is great, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but he, if he can do anything like that at all for next year, I would like to see him get a spot in his rotation. Yeah, no kidding. If he's going to get 10 strikeouts every game, sign me up. <laughs> or, if they really believe it won't last, and knowing Dombrowski, get something for him. Right. But Yeah, no question about it. No, he's definitely a find, and he's pitched great. And I was sad to cover a football game that night because I knew he was pitching, and I really wanted to see it because I knew he was going to do well again, and he did exactly that. So He's got one more start. Yep, and I'll make sure to see it. <laughs> I so want MB- strikeouts from him. Yeah, no kidding. He's a strikeout machine. Nasty curveball. We'll get to him more. Uh, MVPs for the week, I, I'm i going to give the MVP solely to Mookie Betts, who was 10 for 27, eight runs, three doubles, and an RBI. The guy was a run and a hit machine. But I just wanted to note that Bogarts also had nine hits. He didn't have all the runs and, and doubles and everything, but it put him up to 188 in the season, as we talked about in the reach question. So just want to highlight his week, but I'm giving the MVP to Mookie Betts. Guys, but Xander only needs 12 more hits. He's going to get it. Seven, seven like, games, You guys are though. insane. He's going to get 12 hits in seven games. Yes, he is. It's happening. It, it can happen, but I don't, I don't think it's going to. I'd love for it to happen, but I don't. It's happening. Yeah, I'd be thrilled for it to happen, but I don't I think he's... If he's anywhere close, I want to go. I, I wish I was in Cleveland. I'd go to the game on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool if, if Don uh, could call his 200th hit in the last game of the Red Sox. That would be, that would be fitting. That would be a nice fit. But I don't know if he's going to get there. We'll find out. All right. Well, there you go. Good choice for MVP. I think Moogie had a very, very good week. And a um, catch. So. <laughs> and the catch, which didn't didn't hurt his uh, point case there for the MVP. Uh, there you go. 
There is Jess's recap of the week brought to you by Tick IQ. Tired of spending a fortune on tickets and feeling like you got ripped off? Well, we have you covered over here at TickIQ.com. For all your ticketing needs, go to TickIQ. That is T-I-Q-I-Q, which is the leading ticket aggregator providing fans a one-stop shop to browse the best deals for all ticket sales so you don't have to worry about finding those best seats for the game or concert. Just get your tickets for Patriots all season long at TicketIQ.com where you will find the best price in the market. Just use promo code CLNS for 5% off, either IQ certified or TN tickets. It's a great thing. It has it all in one place. Just search what you want to get tickets for. Put that promo code in and everything's in one place. Pick the best seats from different places, and it's it's great things. So check it out. Again, Jess's recap is brought to you by TIQIQ.com. Um, all right, guys. Let's, let's uh, stay on this Rich Hill train here because three starts now. 10Ks in all three starts. Just dominant. And the story on top of it that he's, he was in the game, had Tommy John, he came back from it. He's coming he's coming back into his old self here, and if not better than he was before. Is this going to be sustainable for him? Obviously not to this extent, but can he? is this kind of a resurrection for his career? Is this going to be a good sign for him going forward, or is this kind of a spark plug because he has enough energy because he's so excited he's pitching again? I think it's definitely a spark plug. I don't think he's going to be able to keep this up to this level, but because he is getting up there in age at 35. But I do think that he's a good pitcher, and he figured out what to do because he started throwing more overhand rather than sidearm. So I think that was a huge, huge deal in making him a better pitcher. So I think I think he could really bring it. I think he could do some stuff, and I think they might want to give him another look. Yeah, I mean, just basically, you just said what everything I was going to say. Like, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Jess is going to have to leave now, so Lauren can say something. <laughs> it's the same thing, you know, his his age, and I think it's just he's excited to be back in Boston and back with the Sox and just pitching again. I think that's a lot of adrenaline and a lot of just, like, good feelings and good vibes for him. And being back in front of the Fenway crowd, I'm sure, is helping, too. And, and it's, it's been fun the last couple of games, uh, last few weeks, really. And I think he's just kind of keeping up the momentum for the team. I don't really think this is... The real him, just which kind of sucks, but I'd love to see him back next year. But I don't think this is something that we should be looking forward to. Like in the future, I don't think we should be get, getting used to this. Does he do this again this week? He's got one more start. Does he do it again? Because <laughs> he does. I I think he will, and I hate to say be positive because I'm not very that positive ever about this team, um, but. They, I think he will just because he's riding that hot streak. He, he's figuring out his form, and I think that right now he's enjoying just being back in the moment of pitching at a high level in Major League Baseball. And he might realize that, hey, you, this might be his last shot to really show for a chance for, if it's not for the Red Sox, for someone else to maybe get to be a chance to play next year. I think he will get a chance somewhere. I don't know where it's going to be. I'm not inside Dombrowski's head. I don't think it's going to be here. I think he'll get a shot somewhere else, but... At least he's doing it. I'm happy for him, and it's fun to watch here the last couple of weeks of the season when there's obviously not much to watch except for some young kids. And I think that he's the, one of the reasons he's doing so well too is that he hasn't started in six years, so these guys, these the opponents aren't used to seeing him pitch, so he's just yep. he's just throwing it by them, and they don't even realize what they're seeing because they haven't seen him in so long. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's exactly why Eduardo Rodriguez was so successful when he first came up and stuff. Like, and Henry Owens had a decent start because they haven't seen him. Eddie Rodriguez was on fire his first couple of starts, and then we obviously saw some issues, and it's kind of been up and down from there. But it's when when the hitters don't know you at all, 
it's so much easier not to have to worry about, oh, well, he thinks this is coming, so let me throw this, or something. He might not have to second-guess himself or anything like that. Because as a pitcher, you will second-guess yourself if that's the case. And th- right now, he's not doing that. He's just looking for that finger, putting it down, and, th- and throwing the ball to play, and that's it. Yeah, definitely Actually, just enjoying his time and just riding it out. Actually, now that you bring up uh, Owens and Rodriguez, they both pitch long enough now for people to know what they've got. And Rodriguez still is doing really good for the most part. And Owens is, I've read a stat today, I think it was six of his outings, he's given up one run or fewer. So they're both showing that they're, they could be really good pitchers. And I think they are going to give a hard look to both of them next year. I hope they do. I'm impressed um, with Owens. Really impressed. If you put you on the spot here, Jess, you had to keep one of them. Which one would you rather keep? I think Rodriguez only because I've heard more people be more excited about him. You know, I didn't see them in their minor league careers and stuff. And Rodriguez looked better right at the beginning than Owens did, but Owens has really brought it lately. But I think Rodriguez has more potential, and I think he's got the right attitude and the right demeanor to be a really good pitcher. Not that Owens doesn't. I think that he he does, maybe not to the degree. So if I had to pick one, I'd pick Rodriguez, but I'd like to pick both. Lord. Yeah, I, I disagree with you, Jess. I'm going with uh, Owens, and I, I know you said you, you'd, you'd want to keep both if you could, but um, Owens, I'm just, I'm really liking what I see from him, and not that I'm not liking what I see from Rodriguez, but I don't know, I think Owens can has more potential to grow here, and I think he has really good stuff, and we've seen him, have, we've seen them both have bad outings, and we've seen them both have good outings, but I think I think I like Henry Owens' stuff more, and I think I just think he's more capable of just being a better pitcher. I think that we're starting to see um, what the hype was with Henry Owens going through the system. Obviously, I don't think he's going to pan out to be that guy like everyone had been saying before. We don't know that, but I, I don't see it. But and as much as I want to say, hey, I want to keep Henry Owens, his hair is awesome and his crazy eyes are insane, but like, if I had to pick one, I'd probably lean towards Jess and say Eduardo Rodriguez just because I think his stuff's a little better. I think he's just got more of an edge. Henry Owens is way too just loofy and laid back. And I know I just made up the word loofy, <laughs> but like that's the only that's the best thing that came out of my mouth when I was thinking about it. Um, yeah, it's it's a combo of loose and goofy. If you didn't figure that one out, um, that. yeah, oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad someone did. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Eduardo Rodriguez. Again, like to have both. Wouldn't mind seeing them be f- five, six in a rotation, four, five in a rotation, um, especially if you can get rid of Clay Buckholz, which would be awesome. Um, but I, I think I'd have to lean towards Eddie Rodriguez for sure. Wow, you two agree on something. Yeah, I know. It doesn't happen often. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, Henry Owens is sta- scary eyes. Just creep me out. Okay. <laughs> just a very weird eyes, yeah. And, like, I don't think that that's just, like, his eyes. Like, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what's going on with that. But, like, he is, like, permanently cross-eyed and, like, crazy-eyed. <laughs> but his hair is awesome, and he gets if he gets the wins, and we're happy. <laughs> you know what he looks like um, in the movie Mr. Deeds? Crazy eyes? Crazy. He looks, like, just like crazy <laughs> eyes. Like, not kidding. Wow. Yeah, that's what he looks like, only with, like, a flow of some hair, some flow of hair. Side-by-side frame of that. We should. Tweet we'll it out. We should do that. Yeah, that's phenomenal because I think it's a pretty close up resemblance of what he looks like. It's got to be a good picture of Henry Owens like staring at a camera because I've seen a few of them, so they're out there. But um, yeah, so we'll, we'll leave that there. Oh man, that's what this show's coming to. Um, 
anyway, let, let's move on from. But but the recap of what we were trying to get to before we brought up those two guys was just the fact that Rich Hill, as much as we think that he is doing heck of a job right now, which he is, we I'm not doubting that at all. I just think that it's in the best team's best interest to either figure out a way to potentially even maybe put him in the bullpen. I'm okay with that too. Um, they need bullpen arms, but get something for him now. He's clearly pitching well. Live, hype up the story, figure it out, and get some reliever in return because this bullpen is the first thing that needs to be figured out. Think about yeah. this, though. As we're talking about these three guys, all three of them are lefties. It's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Lefties are good. They're great, great things to have. John Lester, everybody. Are, are, too, are too many lefties too good? Well, you saw what we like, did against uh, the Orioles this weekend. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Not doubting that. But in a rotation, would you rather be lefty heavy or righty righty heavy? I'd rather have lefties. Yeah, lefties for sure. Okay. There you go, then. I'm in the minority. We're getting real this show. Yeah, we are. Decisions being made. I know. We're just, we're just, we're no second guessing, nothing. Just, that's it. Yep. (laughs) Okay. We're done. Okay. Move on. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. We're done with that. Let's, let's move on from Rich Hill. Great story. Sums it up there. Probably won't be with the team next year, my opinion. Um, let's move to my boy, my guy. Um, we were talking about it a little bit with Jess just there a moment ago in his recap. Um, Xander Bogarts had nine hits this past week, moves him to 188 on the season, S- searching for that elusive 200 hits in a year. Obviously, if he doesn't get it this year, I believe he will get it at some point. He's just too good of a player. Um, and this year, he didn't he didn't have a consistent year all year. I think next year he will. Um, I think I'm honestly still convinced he's going to get to 200 this year. One, because I really want Don, Don Arcel to make that call. And two, I just think that he got nine hits this week, and but they lost. I don't know. I just have a feeling that it's his last week. I think he still obviously knows the position's his, but it's the last week of baseball for a while for him. This kid loves to play the game. You know in the back of his head it's there. And I think he's so good, and this is going to be the first sign of Sander Bogarts being really clutch. I know it's not like a typical situation for that, considering it's not winning a game. I mean, it might be this week. We might win some games, but... It's not winning a game for the playoffs, not kind of stuff. It's just he's going to be clutch at a personal level and get to 200 hits. I I don't see it happening this year. I just think there's not enough baseball for 12 more hits. And if there was three or four more games in the season than there already is now, I think he'd get it no problem. And I, I really want to see him get it because he's been so good recently. And, and like you said, Jared, he hasn't had a consistent year. And for him to even have close to 200 hits in a year that he hasn't been consistent, it's still really good, though. Wait, how it hasn't he been consistent? Well, no, but he didn't, like, start off on a tear. Okay. Like, he wasn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like this all year. Right. He's His bat has gotten so much better over the course of the summer. All right, that's fair. So, like, but now if you start him next year at this level, which he guarantee you after, like, a week he'll be fine this is the kind of hitter you're going to get next year. So if he's just chasing 200 this year, he's going to be over 200 next year. He has to I want 300 next year. <laughs> I've got a question. I'm going to mix it up here a little bit. Um, I already know your answer is going to be Jared. You can still answer if you want to. But my question is, and I just thought of this like five minutes ago, is he peaking too early? Is he going to start going downhill? Is he getting too good too early? Or is he just going to go up, uh, up and up? Okay, Lauren. That- because he knows my answer already. <laughs> that's that's my fear because he's so young and he still has a lot of baseball left and I don't want him to be washed up at 26 years old. But 
I don't think so. I think he's a very athletic player and he, he knows the game of baseball. He knows what he has to do. And I don't think it's going to get to his head or anything. And I, I just, I really like him. He's very, like very good player. I don't think he's going to peak too early. I don't think there's such a thing for him. He's very level headed and he obviously doesn't get emotional that much, but I think, and Jess knows my answer, but I, I, I'm afraid of it. And I was actually thinking about this before Jess too. Um, Yesterday, I was thinking about this, but I don't think so. And obviously, that's probably the answer you were expecting from me, but I don't think so because this kid has greatness like spilled all over him. He, funny thing is, I don't know if you two saw this, but Scott Boris, who is his agent, was comparing him to like be better than Derek Jeter, like was putting him on the same level as Derek Jeter and saying he'll probably be better than Derek Jeter was. Well, he is, he is um, idol. Yeah. Yeah, which would be an awesome story. It'd be great to see. And I wouldn't mind having the next Derek Jeter for 10 years down the road. Um, but I think that this kid is just, this is just the tip of what this kid can do. He's going to be there for clutch hits. His defense has gotten so much better this year, just from being able to play there every day. He's made so many difficult plays look so smooth just because of his quick hands that have gotten so much better and all that stuff. So to answer your question, Jess, no, I don't think he's peaking because I just don't think this kid really has a peak. I just think at some point his peak will end up being his plateau when he plateaus out, when he just gets older. Here's my thoughts on it. I don't think he's peaking too early. I think that he's an incredible player, obviously. Like you guys said, totally level-headed, totally into the game. But my only concern is that he's going to play so much because he doesn't like days off and he likes to play, kind of like Pedroia. And I don't necessarily think the exact same thing's going to happen, but what I want from him is to be like the cornerstone for like 15-plus years, kind of like Jeter. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do it with how hard he plays and how much he plays. I think he might start burning out by like 30 or 31, possibly. Not necessarily. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. But I think it might happen, especially if he's getting close to 200 hits every year. He's going to be playing almost every game of the season. So I think he's going to definitely want to enjoy his 20s because I don't know how long he's going to last into his 30s. On that Bogart's train, because you mentioned, Jess, like I did, that you want him here for a while. Obviously, makes sense. Do you think that that's a possible? Do you think that's actually going to happen? Because we all, I've heard people talking about this, and it's a great point that Scott Boris might get in the way. He might want a lot of money. He's going to want him to push for agency. And if that's the case, who's to think the Red Sox won't just say, "Oh, screw you, Xander. We'll let you walk because your your agent's a prick." I hope that doesn't happen. That's definitely a concern. But I hope they do everything they can to keep him here because even if he's his skills are declining, like Pedroia's might be. I'm not even going to say Pedroia's are yet because we haven't seen him fully healthy in a while. But if his skills do start to erode a little past 30, I think they should still keep him because I think he will be the, the clubhouse influence. And I'm not sure how much of a clubhouse influence he is at the moment. I think as he gets older and has been on the team and been such a good player for the team for so long, I think people are going to look to him and, and ask his advice and he'll become that kind of player. So I think it would be dangerous to get rid of him down the line just because of how good he's going to be. I do love that he's been playing with, he has that time to play with Ortiz and Pedroia because he's learning how to control locker room and, and be a leader in this team because those guys learned from the idiots of 2003, the Millars, the Damons of the world. And of course, Johnny Gomes, the one and only, um, what like being part of a good locker room and all that stuff. So it's kind of a trickle down effect from those, the band of idiots from 2003, 2004 through Ortiz and Pedroia, and then I feel like Xander Bogart is the next part of that echelon to move forward. 
and keep that mantra alive in the Red Sox clubhouse. And he's definitely learning from the right people. I mean, there's no better people than, like you said, Jared, the the idiots and David Ortiz. And it's just, it's the perfect people to, to learn from. I will say, though, that I'm afraid because Hanley Ramirez is still in the locker room. But I think that there's enough positive there to outweigh Hanley that I don't think Xander's taking anything from Hanley. Yeah, I bet he doesn't listen to him. Probably not. He's just like, whatever. He doesn't seem like the I type who listen to Hanley. He's probably just like, whatever, man, you go do your thing. I'll just do my thing. It's like, yeah, I know how to play my position. You don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. All right, well, there you go. Xander Bogart's my boy. Um, chasing up 200 hits. And let's say what it is. We all want Don Arcel to make that call. So we're kind of hoping that he gets it because we got him. He got to make the 500th home run call for Ortiz, which was so perfect in every way. And Ortiz, and you could sense the enjoyment in Orsillo's voice when he was calling that home run. And we, I'd like to see him make Xander Bogart's 200th hit this season as well. So hopefully he makes it. I still think it's going to happen. Um, but either way, let's stay on the Don Arcel train. I just brought it up just nonchalantly here. Um, Today, Sunday, was his last home game at Fenway, the calling Red Sox game. Obviously, he has this week to look forward to on the road. Um, but, guys, to sum it up, especially with today's game, very emotional. I'm glad the Red Sox did something for him, despite them booting into the curb. Um, he was clearly emotional. He clearly doesn't want to leave here. Um, side note, he probably has a job already because I think San Diego wants him. Um, but he got emotional today, and I'm glad he did. And I'm glad the Red Sox players pointed up to him from the dugout. People recognize what he is, not just fans, but players and the people in that clubhouse recognize greatness and recognize how much of a professional this guy was. It, it was such a great thing for them to do. And I don't I don't really think Orsillo knew how much he meant to the fans and the team. And to see something like that, to see him get emotional was, it was, I guess, nice. I don't know if that's really the best word to say, but it was it was such a great moment for everyone. And I, like, I'm glad they did something, too, because if they didn't do anything, it's just like, cool, you're going to fire him, and then be like, cool, bye, have, have a good, have a nice life. Everyone would have hated them even more if they didn't do anything for him despite them firing him. Like, that would have been so awful. Yeah, and they definitely made the right move. Such a, it, it was classy. It was a classy move, and it was, just, it was such a great moment, great tribute. I, love, I loved every second of it. Here's the thing with Don. This is why he's such a great guy. Like you said, Lauren, he's not – he he didn't expect it. He didn't like he didn't maybe for like his career didn't realize how loved he was here and everything because he's such a humble guy. And that's just it. He's your everyday guy that everyone can relate to. He doesn't take himself seriously. He likes to giggle and laugh. He's professional. Everyone likes him. Players, fans, management. Well, we thought and uh, <laughs> every, yeah. everybody loves this guy other other manager other teams other players and other teams like everybody loves this guy everyone's been so supportive throughout this whole thing and it's just it's just because he because he's your everyday guy you know he he's living his dream he grew up a red sox fan he got to be their announcer and he just loves every minute of it and obviously doesn't want to leave because why would he and that's what makes him so great is that he's just that's just who he is and he doesn't expect anything like when he got ousted took it completely professionally and completely took it in stride. Obviously he's, he's hurt, but he, he hides it in the, the spotlight and doesn't even say anything negative about anybody. He's just, he's such a great guy and it's such a shame that this happened to such a great guy and it just doesn't make sense. And I hope they're kicking themselves and feeling like the biggest piece of trash every night for doing this to him because he couldn't have done it to a nicer guy and I can't stand him for it. And I love Don. 
Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually not kidding. I was speechless there for a second. I was, I didn't know what to say. Um, Yeah, no, I, I just, I completely agree though. They, Don Arcillo is the epitome of class and he's the epitome of doing it the right way. And I think if, when he goes to San Diego, because it sounds like that's where he's going, um, they're obviously getting a great broadcaster. It's unfortunate for him that he has to go to one of the crappiest organizations like ever. Um, but at least he's going to move to San Diego, which I can't really fault him for wanting to do that if they got the contract. But um, he's got another week here, um, and obviously not on the road, so it's going to be a little less, uh, what's it called, a little less emotional for him because he's not going to be ending his last career, his career at Fenway. But it's kind of fitting that he's going to see, be his last game with Theo in the building. I mean, with Tito, excuse me, not Theo. Oh, yeah, good point. I didn't even think, I didn't about, think about that. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> Hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> because I noticed, I, I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, they're ending with Cleveland. That works. His last game is going to be broadcasting Tito. And so it, it's kind of cool. And obviously, you know, Tito's going to co- talk to him and say some emotional oh, stuff yeah. to He's him. Oh, yeah. do everything. All that, you know, because he was there. And he, he knows how much of a class for Silva. So I think it's kind of cool that he's going out in Cleveland like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's That's definitely fitting. And yeah, I mean, Don's just Don's just Don. I've been going nuts over it every night. I've been watching so many Don videos. I freaking watch his his call of Betts' catch like forty five straight times. <laughs> That's such a great call. <laughs> I will say, um, I haven't seen the whole thing yet because I can't find it. I don't know why. It should be really stupidly easy to find. But I know because I saw some stuff that said that the pizza clip from one of his call that the infamous pizza clip is in the video tribute that the Red Sox did, which is awesome. Oh yeah. It has to be. That's like, I think that's what so many people know him for. Like, here comes pizza. Here comes the pizza. Oh, look, look at it there. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I haven't seen a full video of it, but um, that's what I, that's what I read, which is great. You could do a long, long, long video about all this stuff. Someone (laughs) someone needs to put together a whole video of just all of his, all of him laughing and trying to talk while laughing for like 20 straight minutes. Oh, his laugh is so great. I know. <laughs> I love it so he's much. He always tries to talk while he's while he's laughing and just makes it 20 times more funny than it already is. Oh, that's great. It's, it's, this, it's this great, like, comedic television, too. It's I love watching them. Like, it's going to suck watching Jerry without Dawn next year. I know. Dave O'Brien's great, and he's a great announcer, but unfortunately, everyone's going to com- be comparing it to Dawn and Jerry, and that's not fair, so. But how can they not? <laughs> right. That's what everyone's been used to, and that's just what it is, and... Now it's going to change. It's going to be weird. And I'm not looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to uh, the last week of Dawn because I'm going to soak it in. Yeah, enjoy every game of it because yeah, obviously we've been spoiled with him for a while now. Um, last week of baseball coming up, and I want to I want to talk about this um, because next week we'll be on the air right before playoffs start. Um, we got some good races going on here in the majors. We kind of heard talked about it a little bit earlier. Obviously, the National League's kind of summed up here. For the most part, um, seems like the Pirates and the Cubs are going to be playing. Um, well, they will be playing in that wild card game. Seems like it's going to be in Pittsburgh because now Pittsburgh's five and a half games up on the Cubs for that first spot. So NL is pretty set. It's the AL that's kind of still up there for up for grabs. Um, Blue Jays, Royals, and Rangers leading their division right now. Yankees and Astros are the two in the wild card spot. Obviously, the Angels and the Twins are still lurking. Indians are the third one out, and they're like four games back, so that probably won't happen. So the Twins, Angels, Astros, and Yankees are the ones battling for those wild card spots. If you had to pick two of the, two of those three, the Astros, Angels, and Twins, 
assuming the Rangers get the division up there, who takes those that last wild card spot out of those three teams? Hmm. I'm gonna go with Astros because the Angels are so inconsistent and. I don't think they play well enough to deserve it. And Houston has such a great start to the year, and they've been firing away, and I think they've been playing well recently the last couple of games to try to get back into into first in their division and in the wild card. So I hope they take it. And I don't know, Minnesota, they were they were so good for such a long time, but they just fell off so much that I think they've just fallen a little too far, and they are way too inconsistent to be in the playoffs. I don't think that would go well because they're a young team. So I'm going to go Houston. Yeah, I think I'm leaning more towards Houston, and it's just, I I guess maybe it's more that I just want them to, more than anything, more selfish, more selfish reasons than anything, and again, oh, four or five years ago, I'd be like, oh yeah, you told me Houston would be in playoff contention a few years from now, I would never believe you, so I guess I kind of just want to see it. I'm leaning towards the Angels, um, they are 8-2 eight in, in their last 10, Astros have just been a slow spiral. And they're trying to hang on. And I, I can't say it's as bad as the Red Sox collapse in 2011, but it's it's getting there. And um, I don't believe in their pitching right now. They're it's getting bad. Um, the Angels, I, I think this is time for this is the time that Mike Trout's going to have some spots this week to win some games. And I think he's going to put this team on his back more than he already has. I see the Angels getting in over the Astros. I really want the Rangers to win this division. They're obviously going to get in the playoffs, I think, if they don't. But because I, I just want to see some more Mike Napoli celebration. <laughs> I love Mike Napoli in a locker room celebrating something, and I hope I get more of it. I miss him. Yeah, this is, I don't know, it's tough because the Angels have won five in a row. Houston's won two in a row. And the Angels have been on fire, which is the only reason that they're this close because they weren't even, they weren't very close before. Um, nope. But I don't know. It's like Houston's played better all year. Here's Here's the big thing. This is why I want Houston in. They have a plus 93 run differential, and L.A. has a minus 14. Houston's played better all year. There's just no question about it. And L.A. is just trying to sneak in at the end, and I'd prefer Houston to just make it. But in all reality, I don't think either of them are going anywhere because they're both really bad on the road, and I think that's going to be both their downfalls, whoever gets in. Yeah, and I just don't see them... I don't see either of them beating the likes of... Um, the blue, uh, Right now, the Blue Jays, who has... Well, I guess they're tied with Kansas City and Toronto. Yes, tied. who has the be- who has the tiebreaker though? Great question. I have no idea. Uh, look, I um, um, I think it's the Blue Jays, but I'm not sure. Um, but I want to say that those neither of those teams. Okay, well, either way, those teams aren't going to beat the Blue Jays or the Royals in a set in a series. Probably not, just because of the road records. Then again, Toronto's not. Toronto's 500 in the road, and Kansas City's only four games over. No one's really good on the road. Texas is the best road no. team, so. <laughs> All right, Texas win the World Series here. Market wow. <laughs> but Toronto's run differential is plus two twenty two, which is insane. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 It's been, they've been good all year. Kansas City's only seventy one uh, plus, so Houston's got a better run differential than Kansas City. Oh. How far do you see the Yankees going, guys? Because I, I I think that um if they win that wild card game, because they're probably going to be in that wild card game, who who do they have to who do they have to beat like they have to beat the blue jays the royal like what are they gonna do can they can sustain this even more than they already have no <laughs> i don't know it's, it's well tough. all right there's the show <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. I, I i i don't see them i don't know i mean i don't want to i don't want to sit here and be like yeah i think they're gonna go far because the yankees but i don't know part of me thinks that 
if they get that wild card game, they're not going to take it just because they're so they were doing so well. And now it's like nobody talks about them anymore. I feel like because they're just not doing well. And they're still 17 over 500. No one expect them to get anywhere close to 86 wins, and there's still a week left in the season. I'm impressed. I think they've been really good, and they're actually 42 and 36 on the road. I know I keep talking about road, but a road record is important. It really is. Especially in the playoffs, because you get the first couple home games, and if you lose both of them on the road, you could be in deep trouble. So, But they're a better road team. I don't, I don't know, 90 plus 90 run differential, 86 wins. I think they're dangerous. I think they're a little streaky and inconsistent, which might ultimately be their downfall, but I'd watch out. The fact that they're going to be over 90 wins is insane to me. Remember us talking about them before the season started? <laughs> Anyone who said the Yankees were going to win the, like win over 90 games and not win the division, but still be in the playoffs, probably would have sounded crazy. I would, I would have laughed in your face. Um, this team was not supposed to last. They were old. They weren't supposed to hold up. A-Rod wasn't supposed to have this good of a season that he is having, um, which is a big part of it. Um, him and Mark Deshera is a great year for them. Um, I, I think this team can do something. I think this. I think the Yankees can do some damage. Um, I think they're going to want to play the Royals because I don't think they're going to know anything. Anyone want, really wants to play the Blue Jays. But um, I think if they play the Royals, if the Royals somehow sneak ahead of the Blue Jays for that best record, um, I, I think the Yankees might take that series. That's bold. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hate you to say watch it. Out for the Yankees, they're dangerous. I hate to say it, but they're, they're a dangerous team, and Tanaka's been pitching well, and it's it's just something to look out for. That's Plus, all. just Yankees in the playoffs. That's always that's been a cornerstone forever. So once yeah, once you get the once man, you get that, it's like watch out because they're. <laughs> they know how to play in the playoffs no matter who they have because just their franchise is playoffs. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to do well, so, but uh, they've deserved it and they've played fantastic when no one expected them to. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. And we got a good week of baseball ahead. Last week of the season, um, obviously we've had a lot of moving parts still in terms of National League within the races in terms of what, who's going to play the wild card where, but it's pretty much set. AL still got some things to be set in this last week. So I think that might go down to the last game of the season. I really do. I believe that. Um, but the Red Sox still got another week of baseball, too, before we kind of start talking offseason stuff with them. Um, so let's preview that week coming up real quick. Again, we got four against the Yankees and three against the Indians, of course, all on the road to end the season. Um, Lauren, what do you got with this Yankee series? Um, I'm doing a split. Um, trying to end the, the last week on a good note. I know that like we talked about road records and – but I feel like the Red Sox play well against the Yankees um, consistently. Like, they don't always win against them, but I feel like they're very, they play really well. And I'm feeling really good about this team the last week of the season, so why not take two from, from New York? Yeah, I've got a split also. I think that going three out of four sweep would be a little, a little heavy, uh, especially being on the road in Yankee Stadium when the Yankees are trying to secure their spots in the playoffs. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs, but they want to go in on a, on a good streak. So I think that I think it will be a split, but I think the Sox will, will play well because they've been playing well for a while now. And after sweeping and shutting out the J, the O's in three straight games, they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now. I think they're going to ride that high. I think you're right. They're feeling good. I, I, I'm going three out of four from the Yanks. Um, I think this team's going to play, enjoy playing a little spoiler for the Yanks, kind of get them off to a crappy start going into the playoffs. Um, to the final week before the playoffs, that is. I, I like three out of four from the Yanks on the road. You can mark it down. It's probably going to be wrong. 
but I'm going with. Yeah, we thought they were going to do good against Tampa Bay last week, and they lost three out of four. So. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost against Tampa Bay. Oh man. But who was officially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs? Yeah. But I mean, <sighs> we thought that they that they weren't going to sweep the O's either, and they did that. So this team's unpredictable. Yep. Uh huh. Very. <laughs> yeah. Very unpredictable. And uh, speaking of unpredictable, I think they're going to sweep the Indians. Um, <laughs> um, I just, I don't, they've just been playing so well. I keep saying this, but they've been playing so well. I figured, I think they figured it out a little too late in the season. Um, and it's the Indians. And I think in a way they want to send like Don Orsillo off on a good note too. Like, Oh, they can't lose the last couple games of the season with him. So I'm going mm-hmm. good note, sweep the Indians, five, nice five and two week. It's all for Don. Yeah. I got a, I got a, <laughs> I got an Indian sweep too. Just for the record, Lauren copied me. I had my, uh. <laughs> I had mine first, <laughs> but she didn't see mine, so it's not copying. But it's hilarious that we picked the exact same thing. Uh, I got a sweep of the Indians because I think yeah they've just played well for the last couple months, and I think they'll they want to finish the season on a high note. And this kills me that I picked this five and two because if they go five and two, they're going to finish the season eighty and eighty two, which is so close to five hundred. Uh. I want them to be five hundred. So we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll go seven and zero and finish over five hundred. You never know. Um. I don't see it happening, <laughs> but I will say I also have them sweeping the Indians. Uh, I will give you guys on that, finishing the week off at six and one. Um, wow! I like it. I, I just think that yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Um, I think that the Indians just aren't good, and I think that the Red Sox are riding their high right now, and I think they're going to ride it all week. Um, right now, the Red Sox magic number to be eliminated from the playoffs is one, so that'll probably happen. That'll happen within that for the Yankee series. Which is really a pain to the fact that the Yankees are going to officially eliminate the Red Sox in the playoffs. But um, I, I still like them against the Indians. I like the matchup a lot. Um, and of course, it's Don's favorite. It's Don's final uh, series, so I can't think they're going to lose during that. That's just would not be right. So um, yeah, there you go. So I have them six and one, and I, I'm being bold this week. Good feel, good story to end the season, hopefully. And all right, I want to just because I know it's not going to happen now because they've run out of time. I want to go back to my. My bold prediction of, of making the playoffs, even though I never really thought it would really happen because it was so unlikely, but I really wanted it to. But here's what I want to say about that. The Red Sox still played really well the last couple weeks, and they did they did what I thought they would. They lost a couple too many games for, for my liking, but really the reason they didn't make the playoffs is because the other teams, like the Astros and the Rangers and teams like that, played really well in the last couple weeks. So if they did what I said they would, then it would have been a lot closer. So I, I, blame, I blame the other teams for playing too well. But the Red Sox finished the season well, like I thought they would. So that makes me feel good, at least. Yeah, I mean, it was very out there saying they're going to make the playoffs. And you're right. If um, they did all they could at this point, they obviously weren't going to win every game. It's not plausible. But they did what they could. They lost a couple close ones, but they they played they played hot through the rest of the year. And hopefully, they do the same thing this week and kind of send the uh, season out on a good. Yeah, day. if they can finish five and two or six and one or seven and zero this week, then I'm extremely happy what a great end of the season no one thought they were even going to be close to 500 and they're knocking on the doorstep just five out even if they finish a couple games under 500 that's still considering where they were at the end of may that's a huge victory and definitely a good a good feeling at least going into the next season knowing how well you played in the last couple of months mm-hmm. well there you go that is the preview of the week for the week coming up, the final week of the Red Sox Major League Baseball season. Uh, I'll start talking offseason and playoffs and all that good stuff next week. And, of course, that preview was brought to you by DraftKings. Your season-long fantasy football lineup is locked in and ready for action, but you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test starting Sunday 
at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could kick the season off by winning $2 million. Bucks. All you got to do is one week fantasy it means just pick your players every week doesn't lock week to week and you have a salary cap and as long as you stay under that salary cap your lineup is good to go. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs including $2 million for the first place and $1 million for the second place. So you don't have to win to become a millionaire. You got to finish in second. Um, it's not fantasy as usual. It's DraftKings and you just welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code New England to play for free for a shot at, at part of that $10 million in Sunday's Millionaire Maker event. Enter again New England for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. I never win, but I like to play. It's addicting. <laughs> um, but there you go. That That's our week. Again, this is Red Sox Beat on Sionis Radio. Don't forget, go to iTunes. Um, rate, review, and subscribe us. It's the biggest thing you can do for us. Share us out there. Again, we're everywhere and anywhere on Facebook and Tumblr, on on Reddit now. We're, we're going to be everywhere, so help us out. Um, guys, we had a great week. It's very good. We've got a lot to talk about. Got a little emotional there with Don Orsillo. Jeff let, Jess let, let us speechless. Lauren, he did. We didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, got talent. Uh, but yeah, we, we have ta- Jess has talent. He's not going anywhere. Um, we'll be back next week, of course, to uh, wrap up and put a little final spin on the Red Sox season before we start talking offseason and Major League Baseball and don't forget we'll be here all through the offseason all through the playoffs even when the Red Sox stop playing we will be here every week to talk baseball with you so don't forget about us despite not having any Red Sox baseball to watch um, but until next week for Jess Thomas Lauren Campbell I am Jared Scally. enjoy the good baseball folks see ya <laughs>